the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flash over substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to our special Christmas edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and Larry Dersham and I have a wonderful show for you tonight. Uh, We want to start by saying Merry Christmas and wishing everyone a wonderful day full of health and happiness and hope for the future. And we thought we would start the show off by talking about famous Christmas traditions. And I'll say famous in quotes, because obviously you have your own that are no doubt famous within your own family. And then, of course, there are famous, famous Christmas traditions that a lot of us follow. Um, And, you know, we'll go back and forth and talk about some of them. And, you know, there's so much information out there about how the pandemic has really sort of changed the way we view, the way we spend our time. And just really, it's been a wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity to get back together with loved ones this year. Um, But Larry, I know that part of what we'd like to do is get a little out of the box with some of this traditional stuff. And I know that you actually have compiled or researched or have some ideas really from around the world as to what types of things people do for Christmas. And I'll just kick us off by recognizing that as much as, you know, I watch as much Hallmark movie classics as the rest of us, but uh, we don't have those types of white Christmases here in San Diego. In fact, I know some days we all go to the beach around the holidays because the weather is so good, probably not this year. But what are people doing in other jurisdictions, to say it that way, Larry, for Christmas to celebrate? Well, in Iceland, they have something called Jula Boka Fled. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Jula Boka Fled, meaning Christmas book flood. And it's a brilliant Christmas Eve tradition in Iceland that the rest of the world should take note of. Each year on Christmas Eve, Icelandic families exchange brand new books with one another and spend the rest of the evening cozy inside reading this tradition came from world war ii when the paper was one of the only things not in short supply and this made books a viable gift option this encouragement of literature in every household could explain why one in ten icelanders have published a book can you believe that wendy One in 10. No, you know, Larry, I really, what I like about that story, I mean, I like a lot of things about it. Um, You and I grew up with books. You know, you could hold them and touch them and and highlight them and tab them up and use bookmarks. Remember the bookmark? Boy, what a lost art that's been. Now the bookmark is actually a feature on a PDF document. Yes. Um, But it's an interesting, it's an interesting tradition. And, you know, when you think about things like that from other places, I think you've just identified another Christmas tradition is part of what we did last year when we didn't have 
have as much freedom as we do this year, is we we really sought out new and creative ways to get together online and share things like this. Um, one of the uh, other things that we're all able to do, we were last year and certainly did it before the pandemic too, is we like to drive around and look at the Christmas lights and there are so many free places to drive through and the internet tells you what's going on now and there's Facebook groups and all of that. Uh, I, I suppose you wouldn't necessarily do it if it was raining, but people are still doing some of that. Um, but Larry, I know there's some other parts of the world as well that probably do things a little bit differently than we do here in San Diego. Now, certainly Iceland is very different climate-wise from us, um, but there's some other places that have interesting traditions too, are there not? Well, we have the Netherlands. The Netherlands, they have Sinterklaas or Santa Claus. He comes on the eve of December the 5th in time for St. Nicholas Day on December 6th. Said to live in Spain, Sinterklaas arrives at a Dutch port but will deliver gifts to children, leaving them inside a shoe that has been left by the fireplace or the window sill. So I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, putting the gifts in a shoe. Now, I'm sure not all the gifts are going to fit in a shoe, but that's a cool tradition, I think. I think it is, too. And, you know, I think the word tradition is also something that always comes up this time of year, because when we have those special channels that we get on Sirius Radio, of course, I'm a big Sirius Radio fan. And when we get those special channels, many people say, you know, I like the classics. I like listening to the traditional holiday classics that I grew up with, as opposed to the new types of Christmas songs and the new music and the rock and the country. Not that all that isn't great. But many families for Christmas traditions tend to favor the other. Not everybody, but many of them do. And, you know, Larry, I know that, um, I don't know, maybe you're a little older than me, maybe not much. I won't (laughs) give anything away here. But is that the kind of music you listened to when you grew up? Because I know lots of people are thinking this season, they really want to do it up special to sort of celebrate all of the the silver lining of the last couple of years. And many people like the classics. Well, absolutely. I I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but Rush Limbaugh turned me on to this music. It's, it's Mannheim or Mansheim Steamroller, and it is the coolest. They take Chris, uh, Christmas traditional songs, and they really it's really hard to explain, and there's no singing in them, but the instruments are amazing, and it just almost sometimes brings you to tears and, and brings you joy, too. Uh, but also, this is not Christmas necessarily, but on YouTube... You can pull up all the classics, even rock and roll classics that you probably heard growing up and say, I don't right. even remember that band. And now you can see them perform. You can see the lyrics. And uh, just the Internet has really opened up the world uh, to music and Christmas music, especially, too. Oh, for sure. So I'll give you a couple more. You know, um, many people are very conscious about their exercise routine and their weight. And then when it gets to the holidays, they say, well, I'm just going to splurge a little bit. Well, you can really strategize the way you splurge on Christmas because if you look online, there are so many different restaurants that actually cater to these appetites. And I guess I'll use that literally and figuratively. I mean, IHOP has those those winter wonderland pancakes this year that we had the other day. Last year, of course, they did the Grinch. But you have so many different restaurant chains that are getting into the Christmas spirit that you probably wouldn't go to otherwise because, again, we're all so conscious of the way we take care of ourselves. Um, And I guess we give ourselves a little bit of license to do that today and this weekend because next week, Larry, you and I are going to be talking about (laughs) New Year's resolutions. 
So That's we'll right. be we'll be walking all that back uh, before we even know it. But the cookie exchange, I mean, we've always done that. And it's an opportunity to bake with your family and really get creative with all the different types of things the stores offer this time of year that they don't. All of the seasonal menus, all of the seasonal displays. You know, we used to complain that, you know, the big box stores turn it over to Valentine's Day at the end of November. But you do still see a lot of the Christmas merchandise. Hey, even better, you can get it on clearance now. But you do often see this, you know, really willingness to get into the spirit this year. And because we sometimes get a little, there's a little bit of a slowdown at work where a lot of people work, unless you're doing an overtime shift to make twice as much, that would be another way to sort of celebrate a Christmas tradition, would it not? Yeah, and check out this. Not only do some countries have interesting and unusual Christmas um, traditions, but even here in the United States, how about the idea of hanging mistletoe? When's the last time you've heard that? <laughs> and I don't know how that's going to work out in the COVID thing. I mean, everybody's got our masks up, so you know, forget that tradition, I guess. Well, you well, you probably have some in your house with, with your uh, beautiful wife. Right? Well, not yet. Not yet. I guess I should get it. But how about this? This is really wild. Uh, I've actually watched this a little bit. The TV... Uh, Yule time log where if you don't have a fireplace and we do, but you just turn on the TV and you got that crackling and popping of that beautiful fire. And uh, oh, that's kind of interesting. Remember the on YouTube, if you put in Christmas ambiance, you have a huge selection uh, to choose from of exactly that of we used to call them screensavers when we first discovered them. But you can, you know, Christmas classics, you can choose Christmas ambiance, no music for sort of a white noise, beautiful crackling background. I mean, all of those different kinds of things that we've we've really looked into over the last 18 months that we've been spending probably more time than usual on our devices. So we've really just dis- discovered a lot more to use to spice up the holidays. And speaking of spicing up the holidays, that is another way that people are decorating this year is they've actually taken the time to bring Christmas spices and different types of um, things that into the house that they normally wouldn't have. I mean, it really has, has gotten festive this year, don't you think? Probably even more so than we used to growing up because we really learned to celebrate a lot more over the last 18 months of what we're thankful for. Right. Well, what about the, for me, the dreaded fruitcake? Uh, <laughs> oh, I love fruitcake. I'm sorry. Why you like it? I, I, I'm sorry about that. But, but how about this? How about this, Wendy? Uh, cards. I, I've noticed, now maybe it's just me, uh, we don't get as many Christmas cards because of the pandemic. I don't know if anybody else has experienced that. I mean, we're getting Christmas cards, but not like before, when they just flood in with the, people, uh, the photograph of the people's family, and this is what I did this year, that type of thing. Uh, you know, what we're really talking about, Larry, in a sense, is how Christmas is different post-pandemic, because a lot of what we've been describing are things that we didn't do before. Christmas cards, they were probably already on the way out. But all of the, the gift exchanges and the open houses and all the types of things we did corporately, we didn't do last year, but we're doing again this year. Um, but I'll end with one that I think uh, has characterized the, the last 18 months, and that's dressing up at home. Mm. We have to do this every day because we spend all our time on Zoom calls when we still take advantage of teleworking because many employers are still allowing that to some extent. And and many many uh, families are really enjoying kind of dressing up and wearing their stuff around the house because they're not going out to as many parties as they did before. And that's, I mean, and that's not just due to Omicron, but that's also due to some of the restrictions still being in place with respect to large gatherings. Yeah, so that's all right. of 
of the ideas that you've mentioned um, sort of have been shaped by the last 18 months. Right. And remember to write thank you notes for all those wonderful gifts you got today. Better than sending a text message or an email, write it in your own handwriting. That's my recommendation. All right. Hey, we're going to be right back. Stay with us. You are listening to the Christmas edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. We are back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Well, we are celebrating Christmas today, but uh, one of the issues that came up all day today and will no doubt continue to uh, permeate our social lives during the holiday is whether or not people have to wear masks. Um, Never mind social distancing, because whether or not you're six feet away in most establishments, you obviously, California law, still have to have a mask on. So in other states, there are similar rules, but unevenly applied, so to speak, depending on the institution being discussed. And for example, in Florida, let's take you to completely the other coast, Um, Florida, red state, blue areas, uh, a Florida high school science teacher, irony is not lost on the story there, was fired for refusing to wear a mask. And this is true, even though the kids didn't have to wear a mask, because, of course, Governor DeSantis is not in favor of mask mandates. And uh, so this teacher basically said, you know, he wasn't wearing one either and was fired for gross insubordination. And that is following a unanimous vote by the Broward County School Board. Now, of course, he's appealing. And this case is has splashed on the news because of what it represents, which is oftentimes um, somebody suffering and agreeing to be fired for not wanting to follow a particular mandate. Um, Larry, this is kind of emblematic of a larger issue that many workers have in other industries. And it kind of weighs in the balance. You know, if it is the law, you may not agree with it, but there may be other ways to get it changed rather than simply getting yourself fired. But it, this, that was the decision that this particular teacher made. And, you know, in Florida, occasionally, Governor DeSantis has weighed in on individual cases that uh, I suppose we could say involve like-minded plaintiffs. Now, this man isn't a plaintiff yet, but he's appealing the decision. Um, What do you think about this? Is this something that you might imagine we would expect to see other places? Or is this probably going to be open and shut? These are the rules. If you don't like it, lobby your legislature. Oh, I don't think it's going to be open and shut. There's cases raging across the country, court cases. And thank goodness for the court system. Uh, yeah, because a amen. lot of this, a lot of these rules and regulations and so-called mandates are really not passed by the legislature. They're just really the executive branch of the state or the federal government saying, hey, do this. You got You have to do this. And, and what was really interesting about this, a CNN medical analyst, Dr. Lena Wynn, said on a CNN interview this week, that cloth masks offer little to no protection and are merely facial decorations. There's no place for them in light of Omicron. 
Dr. Lena, she's the, also the former president of Planned Parenthood, said people should attend events that are safe and also the events that have fun for people to do. We can't be canceling everything, especially if we're going to be living with COVID for the foreseeable future. But she says in crowded places, a three-ply surgical mask would be would offer protection. I'm not sure I've seen a three-ply. I know the N95. Have you ever seen a three-ply surgical mask? Well, well, Larry, I, I have in memes because you remember when we started talking about masking, double masking, triple masking, there were lots of really great memes going around and we were all kind of poking fun of it. You know, this is an issue that affects all of us. I mean, there's, there's, it's a nonpartisan issue because all of us care about everybody staying healthy and community health and all of them keeping our families healthy. I mean, it's, it's ironic and the silver lining, you know, I always do the silver lining side of it is that it really has been unifying in a sense that we all want to work together to find a solution so we can see our loved ones. So we can, you know, business also thrive again. You brought up an interesting point though. It is true that there's a difference between laws and health regulations and city ordinances and governmental um, emergency orders, if you will. Uh, and, and most people in the general public really aren't completely clear as to where a mandate comes from, only that there's an interest in following it. And even more than that, Larry, there's also an interest in making sure that we haven't relegated law enforcement roles to Walmart greeters, to people that work behind the counter at stores. I mean, we didn't send them to the police academy to be able to break up fights between unruly customers, one of whom wants to wear a mask and one doesn't. So we really want to make sure we look out for each other and also um, want to make sure that we support those that just, you know, applied for a retail job to do that and not be the mask police or anything else. That's sort of public sentiment as well, is that we all want to sort of do our part in following the rules. But I also know that there is, as you mentioned, no shortage of cases working their way through the legal system on both sides of the fence, fueled by a variety of different issues from masks to vaccines to business closures and everything in between. And many of the issues that we talk about each week are probably ripe for the Supreme Court to to take up at least at some point because of the inconsistent rulings across the country. Exactly. I did hear about this one, Wendy. A man was kicked off a plane this month for wearing, I think I can say this on air, uh, wearing woman's thong underwear as a face mask. The man's name was Adam Jen. He got kicked off United Airlines flight while was waiting to take off. Uh, this actually happened back in December 15th. And here's what he said. He said, there's nothing more absurd than having to wear a mask until I get to cruising altitude so that I can order Tito's by the double, Tito's handmade vodka, that's what that Tito's is, and snack on pretzels. And illustrating that absurdity, he tried to illustrate it by wearing uh, a woman's underwear on his face, but he did get kicked off. And I think there was at least one other customer or, uh, on the flight that said, I don't like the way you're treating this man. I'm, I'm leaving this flight as well. So <laughs> this is happening in every sector of our society, this um, back and forth. But I thought that was a little bit hilarious. You can pull it up on the uh, internet if you want to watch it on Twitter. It's kind of funny. Larry, you can't make that stuff up. Let me ask you one question. Is there a photograph that accompanies that story online? Well, there's a video. How about that? Oh, yeah. my. A video. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So well, I'm not going to go anywhere with that one. Okay. Because I think you've uh, 
you've got an inspiring story to sort of bring us home here today. Yeah. And this story I'm going to tell you, uh, Paul Harvey, that dear man, he passed away in 2012. And once a year, usually around Christmas time, he would often tell a story. It was called The Man and the Birds. And even he didn't write the story and he could not find out who did. So it's not copyrighted. So I'm going to try to do my best not to try to go around Paul Harvey. He's the best. But uh, just to remind people in case they haven't heard it or to refresh their memory. And here's how it goes. The man to whom I'm going to introduce you was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men. But he just didn't believe all that incarnation stuff, which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense. And he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay at home, but he would wait up for them. And so he stayed and they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier and then went back to the fireside chair and began to read the newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another, then another, sort of a thump or a thud. At first, he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against this living room window. But when he went out the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm, and in a desperate search for shelter, they had tried to fly through his large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter if he could direct the birds to it. Quickly, he put on his coat, galoshes, trampled through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light. But the birds did not come in. He figured food would entice them in, so he hurried back to the house. He fetched breadcrumbs, sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow-lighted, wide-open door of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction except the warm-lighted barn. And then he realized that they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I'm a strange, terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Because any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. If only I could be a bird, he thought to himself, and mingle with them and speak their language. Then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to safety, warm, to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached the ears above the sounds of the wind, and he stood there listening to the bells 
Adest Fidel's listening to the bells, pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And he sank to his knees in the snow. Wow. I'll tell you what, Larry, that's a great way to end it. And uh, I really want to wish all of our listeners a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Whatever your holiday tradition are, whatever your favorite foods are, whatever you're having for dinner, Larry, I know you're probably having pizza because that's your favorite food. You bet. Maybe you, maybe you at least have some turkey or ham or something festive on top of it. Um, but we want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. Whatever you're doing today, we want to make sure you have a wonderfully safe holiday. And like I said, we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions next weekend. So dare I say, live it up this week and enjoy Faith, Food and Fellowship. You are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, Headlines with a Silver Lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.